from that. We spent like. You're listening to the City World Radio Network. High definition digital radio broadcasting from the city to the world. www.cityworldradio.com. Welcome to Morph Mom Moments. Uh, we've been off for a few weeks. We've taken a little break for the holidays, but we are back and we are back strong tonight because not only do we have a six o'clock show, but we have a seven o'clock show as well. So stay with us for a great night of radio, two hours of amazing women, amazing talk, amazing laughs, and I just can't thank you all for being here. Um, Welcome to our new listeners, and thank you to those who are returning. For those of you who are returning, bear with me. <laughs> I want to just quickly explain what our new listeners have gotten themselves into. I'm Kathleen Smith, and I am the founder of Morph Mom, hence the name of our radio show, Morph Mom Moments. Um, a very quick intro to sort of explain again what you have gotten yourselves into. Um, I was a, a former prosecutor many, many, many years ago. And many, many, many years ago, I stopped after my second of three kids and, you know, thinking it would be a month, two months. Well, 14 years later, tried to go back. They didn't want me back. So I don't think I was really a necessity at the office at the time, apparently. 14 years later, clearly not a necessity. And I thought to myself, sort of, you know, what do you do now? You, you've lost your confidence. You've lost your stride. You're not really sure where you fit in anymore. Um, You've lost your contacts, and where do you begin? So after a struggle for a little while, I realized, wait a minute, I'm not the only one in this boat. There's so many women out there who are going through this, who have gone through this, and have figured out what to do. So rather than reinvent the wheel, I decided to go out and tell their stories. So Morph Mom began when I started traveling the country sharing women's stories, what they did, how they did it, steps they took, and hopefully... Um, in order to mentor those looking to do the same or looking to find something to do and just go through these many stories and figure out what was out there, how to begin, and what worked and what didn't work. And with each year, something new happened and something exciting happened. Um, I started to write for the Huffington Post, so we have a column there that shares these amazing stories. Um, I now, again, I'm still traveling the country doing interviews, but I also hold events, Morph Mom cocktail parties, and we highlight certain women, a group of women, um, something that Morph Moms support, a cause. Uh, we've done a lot of military events, and if there's something you're interested in, let me know. Reach out to me through the website, morphmom.com, M-O-R-P-H-M-O-M.com, and let me know, because I'll come anywhere to tell any story that will help somebody. And we also have classes now, and that's all, all this information is on the website as well. And now, the radio show. And actually, tonight, very exciting, this is the year anniversary of the radio show, which I didn't realize until Facebook popped that up today. Which I didn't realize I told you when you have a year memory, so it's very exciting. And I want to apologize one more time for my voice. As many of us have gone through illnesses, <laughs> I've had a little bit of bronchitis. So, um, Again, I apologize for my ra very raspy voice, but hopefully here on in, we will hear more from my amazing guest than from me, <laughs> so bear with me. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce my amazing guest, Meredith Masony. 
Uh, Meredith is the founder of That's Inappropriate, a blog, which is also a website, and uh, now filled with amazing videos, and author of Scoop the Poop, (laughs) Pick Your Battles. She is a work-at-home mom, a mother of three, and she brings to us the truth and the honesty of marriage, motherhood, life, parenting. And the best part about it, and, and as we begin to our conversation with this, is that as Meredith says, I'll say it so you don't have to. And with that, Meredith, welcome. Hello. So, so thrilled to have you here tonight. Well, thank you very much for um, reaching out to me. It's, uh, I absolutely love getting to connect with other moms, mompreneurs, if you will. I, I, and I want to tell our viewers, our, our listeners rather, how this came to be. So as I mentioned, I am on Facebook pretty frequently, as I noticed today is my year anniversary. And I um, noticed one time somebody had shared a video from That's Inappropriate. And I could not resist watching it. It had a million likes, a million shares, a million amazing comments. And I started watching it, and I was literally laughing out loud. I then shared it a million times and showed it to a million people, and I began to follow Meredith. And it is literally one of the funniest things I have ever watched. It is amazing. It is true. It captures every single thing, as you say, that you say so we don't have to say it, but it's out there. So, <laughs> well, thank you. Meredith, tell me how this began. Um, that's actually a, a, a windy road, if you will. I... Um Back in October of 2014, I started this because I was kind of stuck. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was working. I had three kids. I was a nonstop go, go, go mom. But I was kind of just going through the motions and the passion, the fire, the um, you know, what am I supposed to be doing question was kind of looming over my head. That was it's very scary to admit that and to say those things out loud because you're supposed to be happy because you're a mom and you're a wife and you're supposed to be, you know, excited about all of those things. And although I adored my children, loved my husband, loved being a mom, and a wife, oh, oh gosh, <laughs> and all of those kids, <laughs> I absolutely, um, I was stuck, and I'm not ashamed to say that, and it was this very odd time in August of that year where I was having all of these feelings, and all of a sudden, I got sick, and when I say sick, I'm not, you know, not like common cold sick. I um, found out I had a tumor in my chest, and um, I was all of a sudden taken from somebody who was in really great shape, who ate really well, who was on top of almost, I, you can never be on top of everything, but I was on top of my game, if you will, in terms of with the kids and work and everything, to being sat down at an oncologist's office being told, if we crack you open and it's cancer, you've got a 5% survival rate. So... I kind of had everything laid out there for me um, in terms of, you know, massive gut punch. And uh, so I did what every woman in that situation would do. I went home and um, I started looking for a new wife for my husband. And I kind of set up this, like, Match.com profile for him because I was like, if I kick the bucket, like, you're never going to survive with these kids. So we got to find a wife and we got to get somebody to, like, come like cook for you and like clean the house and you know he doesn't think this is funny but I was just trying to survive so I was like you know we gotta we gotta make some choices here and you know do you want a blonde do you want somebody with like a nice rack like you know you know you know I was like let's be honest though with like where we are you know you are 35 and you put on a little weight so let's you know make sure we're not super stars because being honest important and you know he was just he was not having it and he was like none of this is funny and I'm like well what do you want me to do you want me to sit here and cry and we kind of had this moment together where it was like okay let's kind of evaluate the situation we're in and figure this out and so for the next month we prepped for this massive surgery and we kind of laid things out on the table and like the the really awful what ifs nobody wants to talk about 
And I'll never forget the moment I woke up after the surgery, which they could barely keep me in the hospital because I wanted to, like, run away. So they sedated me before my surgery because I warned them. I was like, if you keep me back here any longer, I might pull out IVs and run away. (laughs) So I remember the moment I woke up after the surgery and, and my husband, I call him the business manager on the blog, he leaned over and he was like, you don't have cancer And I looked at him, and I just said, I love you, and I passed back out. And I don't think I woke up for, like, two or three days. Um, I was in the hospital for six. I had to have reconstructive surgery on my esophagus. They did a whole bunch of stuff in there. I have what they call the zipper scar from, you know, my sternum through my belly button. And I got super lucky. And so I went home, and I kind of sat there for a couple of weeks trying to figure out you know, I had, I had like, I got like another hand dealt, you know? And so I said, what am I supposed to do now? Because I was kind of given a new lease on life. And I said, I'm going to do the things that I always wanted to do. And I started writing things down on a, a steno. I always talk about my stenos. I carry these ridiculous notepads everywhere I go. And, um, I, I thought back to when I was like 10 years old and I wanted to be, um, a mix between Barbara Walters and um, at the SNL cast, which is very odd. But when I was 10, I wanted to, I loved Barbara Walters and I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. So I said, okay, how do I make that happen and figure out how it pertains to me now as a 34 year old mother of three? And I said, okay, I'm going to be honest and talk about all of the crap that nobody wants to say, but I'm going to use humor because that's the one thing that I think is my, 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 my lever, right? Like that's my thing. Like my go-to is it's always a joke because I'm always uncomfortable. I don't want to hug. I don't don't want you in my personal space, but I'll tell you. So I kind of decided that I was going to take what I had. And I was going to be honest and start talking about all of the things that I wouldn't open up about in terms of being a mom. I was going to talk about peeing my pants when I sneeze. And I was going to talk about um, the actual difficulties of raising three kids and what it's like to, to sometimes have a struggling marriage because marriage can be the hardest thing on the planet. I mean, the kids are the kids are hard, but looking at somebody every day and trying to remember sometimes why you love them and then not killing them is very difficult. And I decided to just be honest about these things and see what happens because a lot of times I was told that my comments were inappropriate. And I was like, no, this is what everybody's thinking. They're like, no, you're crazy. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going I'm to put it out there and see what happens. And that's where we got the name That's Inappropriate. So I started the blog. And it took, I mean, it took a while to kind of take off, but after about eight, eight months or so, I started getting published in some bigger publications, Huffington Post, um, you know, Blunt Mom, Scary Mommy, Pop Sugar, kind of, you know, a little bit here and there. But we didn't really start cooking with, uh, cooking with gas until May of this past year, and it, it kind of exploded after the uh, Mother's Day video. And once I started creating videos to go along with the blogging, it, it just kind of went crazy. Uh, and I am, as I said to everyone, the biggest fan. I cannot tell everybody out there, you have to go right now. Well, not right now. You've got to stay and listen. As soon as the show is over, you have to go watch these videos. They are so funny. They are so real. And I... I dare you to say that you do not relate to these videos. Um, Now, Meredith, in the meantime, we have a caller who's been waiting to speak with you. So, caller, what's your name? Did we lose our caller? (laughs) We might have lost our caller. Hold on. Oh, wait. We had a caller. Oh, okay, caller, call back. I think I lost you. I'm sorry. Um, Sorry about that. Someone had called earlier, and I think I screwed up the buttons somehow. Anyway... So, Meredith, going back now, so you started the videos. How did you, how did you figure out how to do it? Like, how do you, do you put, you put them up on Facebook, you put them up on YouTube. How do you make that transition? And how do you then, uh, through social media, market that or publicize what it is you're doing? Uh, well, everything goes to YouTube first. Um, and then from YouTube, it goes to the blog. And then from the blog, it goes to Facebook. And it's it's always the same each week because everybody is, you know, 
waits for the videos. You know, they they decide to, um, we obviously we have the largest traffic push on Wednesdays because it's new video release day on the blog, and then I release it on Thursday on Facebook. Um, but I actually do not advertise. Um, I've not spent a penny on advertising um, whether it's a post or a video or a product, I don't, um, I don't, I don't really do that because the idea behind this is that it's organic. Um, if you want to be here, I'm so happy to have you and I'm grateful that you're here, but I don't spend money to advertise because I want you to be here for one, one reason and only one reason. You love the community and you've come to support the community and interact with the community and watch videos and laugh and commiserate and do all of those things. So it's kind of unique in that sense because I'm not a salesperson. Um, I do do some sponsored things with companies or products, but that's only if it's a product that I already use or I love it and I contact them and tell them, hey, I think my audience would love this and we want to kind of do something together. But, um, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not into that. And I think that's the reason that in terms of monetary success, I haven't had that, and that's okay because I'm very picky and choosy. Because I'm not, I'm not a car salesman. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing this for a very specific purpose. I love my community. I love and adore my 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 moms and my followers. And so the idea is to um, really have this space where we can all share and talk and laugh and enjoy. I mean I, I posted yesterday about being sick I've been sick for about a month now and I was just um at the hospital I ended up with colitis which is not something fun to talk about um but I was at the post office and I almost pooped my pants and I was literally posting about how I barely made it home and I was sitting in the car and I was thinking to myself if I my pants in this minivan what am I going to do how am I cleaning this up and I'm like looking for like clothing or like anything and I was thinking to myself if I have to poop in this in this public bag at this stoplight like am I going to be able to make it home like what is going to happen and so I of course I go home and I post about this because I really don't keep much off of the page and I'm telling you I had 300 emails messages posts about people pooping their pants, where they were, how it happened, why it happened. And, and and that, to me, is like money in the bank because it's like they trust me. They talk to me. They tell me about how they also poop, have pooped their pants in public at some point. <laughs> like, that's community if I've ever seen it. So I do this for, you know, and, and, and sometimes my husband just rolls his eyes because he's like, why would you share that? And I'm like... <laughs> It, these things happen. I'm like, I'm telling you, honey, people have pooped their pants in public before. So you talk about these things, and it's okay, and it's safe. And I'm not, I'm so far from perfect and polished and the traditional American housewife. And I think that if we embrace that, people feel safe with you, and they know that it's not BS. It is the, it's the legitimate truth. Like, if you sat down with me and had a glass of wine... I am the same person that is producing those videos and posting those things and and tweeting at you. That's me. You only get one me. If you're looking for something else, you have to go someplace else because I can't offer you anything but that. And I think, as you said, it is literally the most authentic and relatable videos. All of them. Every story you tell, every incident you share. And I defy anyone, as I said before, to say they've never experienced any of this because they have and it is so refreshing. That's what I think the best part is. I think it is so refreshing to hear you tell it in a funny way because we have to laugh these things off because it happens to everybody. Every single thing you're talking about happens to everybody. And if you can't laugh about it, I don't know how else to get through it. And if you can't relate, understand that there are so many other people going through it, I don't know how you get through it. And I think that's what's so it's, – it's not just entertainment – it's so necessary what you do. It's so important to so many people to just make them feel better about themselves on a daily, hourly, <laughs> minute-by-minute basis when you're raising kids and everything just goes wrong. And I'm well, the perfect person to talk to, by the way, because I think minute-by-minute minute I screw something up pretty much. Yeah, well, and I, and I thank you for those kind words because I honestly – sometimes you – Sometimes in the middle of, you know, pooping your pants in a minivan, you have those really awful moments where you're thinking to myself, like, what on earth is I doing? But it's but really, we, ha- we all have those moments, and we have to remember there's safety in numbers, right? So, like, 
we all, you know, so that we can, the, the fact that we get to have these, these social media is, is such a double-edged sword, right? Because I can go up and post about how I've almost crapped my pants or these situations happen and somebody can come in and tear me to shreds. Right. And that sucks, right? But for every one person that comes in and says to me, you're the worst mother I've ever seen. I can't believe they even allowed you to have children. I have 20,000 that are coming in and saying, oh my gosh, I feel exactly the same way as you do. Are you in my house? Are you in my head? Did you, you know, like, is there a camera in here? Because we, we really have such similar lives. And I think it's easy to forget that. But if you, if you reel back in and you sit and you think about it, we're all doing the same stuff over and over and over again. Laundry and grocery shopping and picking up the kids and dropping off the kids and doing homework and doing this and doing that. And if we can, if we can really talk about those moments and connect, we, we live such similar lives. And I just think the best way to, to go through that monotony of it is to make it funny and talk about it. And, and I mean, Marriage is tough. Raising kids is tough. Working is tough when you've got a bunch of kids at home. So you have to find that common ground and that common thread. And we really do. We all share this journey. And I would much rather share it with, you know, 660,000 of my closest friends than go through this alone. You know, I mean, that's a big deal. And, and, you know, when you said about social media being the double-edged sword, and my kids are a little bit older. So my kids are now um, 20. Oh, God. <laughs> and then I catch a mirror. I'm like, yeah, you look old enough to have a 20-year-old. I have a 20-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 14-year-old. And I embarrass them basically at least once a day, if not more so. But I think it's funny. I think if you can laugh about it, it also teaches our kids that it's okay that this stuff happens. Because, it's, you know, social media many pictures kids post are perfect. Everything's perfect. We're on this exotic island with a drink in our hand and our manic, you know, our pedicures and everything is great, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And if you see that, you know, repeatedly, it can sort of say, my God, everything's going wrong for me. And here's another beautiful picture of somebody in a great place. That's why I think what you do is so important on social media. The counterbalance is showing the honest life and the true life. And then if we can laugh about it, it's all fine. And these other things that may upset us at other times that everything is so great. Everything is so perfect. Nothing goes wrong with them. I think you sort of see the reality behind everything and being more honest with yourself and with others is so much healthier, I think. Well, and you, you need to have that because real, you know, reality, um, reality is not beautiful and reality is not perfect and reality is super messy. I had a shirt made, um, that we used to sell in the store. We're going to bring it back in. Um, that said, never trust a fart. And so I had made, I had made that originally for my kids because there was always some random kid sharding in their pants. And it was like, come on guys, you know, let's wipe, you know, and what, you know, and so it was funny because, then when I got sick, my, my husband went and got my oldest son's shirt, and he was like, put this on. And I was like, oh, I have to wear this today. And so we snapped a picture, and I don't know how many hundreds of times or thousands of times it was shared or whatever, but it's me sick from the hospital in the I sharded shirt, and it's like, yep, that's my reality today. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for that being your reality for that day. You know, sometimes I feel like I have things going well, but it's, but it's also, like you said, you fail 50,000 times in that day as well. And that's okay. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard to try and get it all right. So I don't try to do that anymore. That's that's not what I try to do. I just try to make sure that for lack of a better word, I'm scooping my poop every single day because it's, it's important because that's the only way I'm going to, c- to continue to get ahead. If I'm so worried about making sure that everything is meticulously perfect, I'm not going to get the big, important things right. And I think the lesson for your kids, too, right, is to show right. them that this is how you survive. This is And, and through right. laughter, I think, is so huge. As I said, I am literally embarrassed my kids every single day. And I'm usually the example people use when something has gone wrong. But it, and for, it used to really, I think, embarrass them a little bit more. But now, as they get older, and I think they sort of are learning this is reality, they can kind of laugh about it a little bit more. And I think that hopefully is the message, too, that people get when they watch your videos as well. Like, if you can't laugh about this, I don't know what you're going to do because it's there. 
Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, my kids know um, they, it's tough because they they understand what I do to a certain extent because they're still little. They're 10, 7, and 6. Um, they they understand that mommy makes videos and I talk. I have live, I live stream Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I have my shows, as we call them, and they understand that I do different things. And I wrote the book and this and that and the other. And they also understand that mommy has haters, quote unquote, haters out there. But they also understand that that doesn't that doesn't hurt mommy's feelings or bother me because everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And what that person said about me doesn't change the opinion I have of myself, nor should it change their opinion of mommy. And they don't have to stick up for me or worry about me because it's I'm okay. That none of what they say is going to because it did in the beginning. It was awful in the beginning when I first started, when I first started putting myself out there to this extent, it was awful. The things people would say to you um, was just, I couldn't believe it. And then I realized it says really nothing about me, but it speaks volumes about that person. And I, I feel bad for them and I, and I, I hurt for them because they're, they must be in a bad way to have to say those things about a complete and total stranger that they know nothing about. Right. So that's really the teaching lesson in my house is no matter what, you know, the, your opinion of yourself and how you feel and where you, where you're at is what's most important. And they know that, you know, I I love them and would do anything for them. And they need to, they need to understand that I'm there first and foremost to take care of them. They're the best thing I ever did. And that no matter what anybody says about them or me, we we have each other and we're going to be just fine. So you just have to, you know, you have to remind them of that because they're little and they're shaping their own, you know, egos and they're, you know, trying to learn and build confidence. But, you know, it, it, it's still tough when you're 36 and you're and you're getting slammed left and right by yeah. people. But, it, you know, at this point, you know, if, if you know, I don't have to do much, my followers take care of anybody that comes in yeah. and has something nasty to say. They swoop right on in and they and they take care of me. Oh, which is well-deserved. Do, do your kids, now that they know what you're doing, and, and they're young, but they kind of get the, you know, the gist of it, do they ever give you suggestions? Um, oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> All the time. My, my daughter's hysterical because, as we call her on the blog, seven-year-old, um, I had to do, I wanted to film something with her. And I don't have them in the videos often, but um, sometimes sometimes I do when I have an idea and I have to play around with it. And so I wrote up a script for her because I thought it would be easier because I don't script my stuff. But um, since I was going to have her in it, I thought it would be nice for her to have the lines down. And, and she looked at this and she looked at me and she said, um there's a problem. And I said, okay, well, what is it? And she's like, well, you have more lines than me. And I said, oh no, oh no, oh no, this is a problem. So I said, well, you know, it's my video, right? And she's like, well, but obviously I should play a larger part. And I was like, okay, all right, we've got problems here. So, you know, they, they, they do start out divas early on. And so I, I had to explain to her yeah, she had a small part in this one, but we could always reevaluate for the future. The trailer will be ready for the next one. <laughs> right, 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 right. Her makeup team will be coming in. Oh, she's the makeup team. She uh, <laughs> loves to give mommy makeovers, so uh, you got to watch out for those. So you said you do these three times a week. How do you, do you have like a, do you write down ideas and say, okay, as they come in, I'm going to do this Monday, I'll do that Tuesday or Wednesday. Like, how do you structure your week and, and which topic you're going to cover? Um, I'd love to say I'm super organized, but I'm not. So Mondays are always Mimosa Mondays and those are live streams. And so we always tackle parenting questions and we kind of talk about those and I throw them out to the community and we kind of chat about that. Wednesdays are are always wine day. So they're always (laughs) topical. So like we always have, we have, we sit, we have a glass of wine together and we talk about whatever's trending. Um, poor Mariah Carey, um, (laughs) took, uh, took the brunt of, um, of that the other night. And then we, we know, we talked about, um, uh, we talked about, um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, we were talking about, um, 
you know, all of the new uh, Kim Kardashian. We were talking about everything that was trending. The poor, the poor blogger whose night nanny dropped the kid. You know, so all of this stuff that's going on in social media. We were talking about all of that, and then we on Friday mornings we have a filter free Friday, which is basically where I sit and fold my laundry and have a cup of coffee with everybody, and we talk about whatever is going on, what everybody's plans for the weekend are, and we kind of have these little 30-minute shows throughout the week. And then um, my regularly scheduled videos go out on the blog on Wednesday. They go out on Facebook on Thursday. And then we basically fill in the rest with life, whatever's going on, whatever we want to talk about, if there's a funny story to share, if if I find something that I think is hysterical, I want to share it with everybody on the, on the page. And so it's basically, and then, um, you know, if something is coming up with the book or whatever we're doing. And so we basically kind of do that and, and kind of roll it all in as we go. So when you do the videos, how long, how long do you actually film? And then how long, what is the amount of time you try to edit them down to? I, depending on the topic, um, Sometimes they're what I call lightning ideas, and it's where you're actually sitting there doing something else, and it's and it strikes, and you're like, "Oh crap! Like I have to, I have to get this out. Like it just bounces around in your brain." Um, so the one one of those that the man called actually one of those, and um, that I, I the business manager was actually did support, and he helped film that. But um, that took about 15 minutes to film, and I got it down to maybe two and a half minutes, and that one was. Um, didn't think. That is amazing. Oh, Meredith, hold on. We have a caller. Um, hello, you're on the phone with Morph Mom Moments. Uh, what is your name? Melissa Cornell. Hi, Melissa. Um, I'm guessing you're calling in to speak with Meredith. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what is your question for Meredith? And Meredith, can you hear? I can. Okay. First of all, how is she feeling? Is she feeling better? <laughs> I'm doing a little better today. Thank you. Yeah, good. Um, I was just wondering how um, all this, how do you deal with all the traveling since, you know, you're a mom and you're starting to travel and all that. How are your kids and how are you handling all that? Well, the kids weren't doing so hot with it, and we kind of had um, a little bit of a come-to-Jesus meeting, and I was talking with them, and we had one of those family meetings, and... Um, I decided that I was going to take a little bit of a break from it and we were going to try and dial some things back in because it was a lot all at once. It was kind of zero to 60 and I decided that I was going to try and do as much as I could from home and when I have to travel, I will travel, but I'm also going to try and take them with me if I have to because Mm -hmm. I'd like to use this as teaching moment for the kids as well. Um, and also ways to experience new things. But the whole reason I started this um, was because I wanted to kind of make sure that moms felt normal and that, because we're all kind of going through the same stuff. Um, but I also am torn because the book, I wrote the book to get a message out there and also to connect moms. So if I end up traveling for the book, I want to make sure that the kids understand why I'm doing it and and, and understand that it is very important to me as well as to the other moms in the community. And so it's a really, it's a really hard juggling act, but we're, we're, you know, they're, they've been good sports and we're, we're trying to get it. Back. Okay. Well, thank you for answering my question. And I just downloaded your book on my Kindle. I'm going to start reading it. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here. I absolutely adore this community and you guys, you guys are my sanity. Well, I definitely look forward every time you're on Facebook, and I watch every video. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for calling, and I have to agree with you. I wait for those videos to come. I think they're amazing. (laughs) And I love her live feeds. Her live feeds are awesome. They they help brighten my day sometimes. Oh, thank you. I love Because I am a a stay-at-home mother, so I look forward to it. Well, that's awesome. Toughest job on the planet. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. So now that brings me to my next question about your book. Tell us about that. And as the caller just said, they just downloaded your book. How can people get to the book to download it to get um, to get access to the book? 
Um, well, Scoop the Poop is on Amazon. <laughs> so all they have to do, yeah, all they have to do is go to Amazon and search Scoop the Poop, and I'm I think I'm the first one that comes up. It used to be an actual poop scooper, but <laughs> I think the book comes up first now. And so you can you can click on that and you can um, buy it there on Kindle or in paperback. And then um, I I forced the business manager into allowing me to sell some more autographed copies off of the site. I he hasn't let me know when we're going to do that yet, but sometime this month I will be selling more autographed copies off of that's inappropriate.com. Okay. And when was the book released? November. So it just came out um, middle of November and it um, completely, um, I was completely stunned by the reaction. My heart, um, as we call it around here, my cold dead heart was completely <laughs> um, thawed and um, it grew two sizes that day. And I was amazed at the um, feedback and the reviews and the emails and the messages that people have sent me, it just, it was unbelievable. I am so, I am, it just, the, the book is a complete piece of my heart and soul. And to have people react this way, has just been amazing. What motivated you to write the book? An actual pile of poop motivated <laughs> me to write the book. So we talk about poop a lot over on the blog, but... I was literally in this manic state of doing laundry, getting de- getting dinner ready, ki- you know, kids screaming. Life was just going insane. Um, it was right after, oh gosh, it was right after the man cold went big. And I was in the middle of trying to schedule stuff and do stuff and going all over the place. And that was at that point the largest video we had. And I was trying to figure all of this out. At that point, I was still working full-time. Um, I was, I was, the blog was just going insane. I was trying to connect with everybody. I was trying to keep up with my messages. I was trying to do all of this stuff on top of just the normal mom, wife, everything else pressures. And I, um, walked from the laundry room into the, into the kitchen and there was this massive mound of steamy poop. And as I looked at that mound of poop, I broke down and started sobbing uncontrollably. It was just like this automatic reaction. And, I, of course, in that moment of time, I said, I'm going to grab the phone and I'm going to, I'm going to record right now because I think, I think people need to see it's not always funny. And I decided to get really raw and really vulnerable. And I started recording this massively disgusting, ugly cry. And while I was talking about the mound of poop, I said, you know, it's moments like this when you have to dig really deep and you have to, re- you, you realize that the only thing to do in that moment is scoop the poop. And I was just, and, and yes, it was physical poop, but, but I was talking about all of the other poop that we deal with. I was talking about the, the, you know, the, the, the laundry poop, the dinner poop, the kid poop, the husband poop, the in-law poop. I was talking about all that other poop that piled up. And we try to push it aside and we try to ignore it or we put a Band-Aid on it. But we're not, we're not scooping it. And so I said to my husband when he came home, I said, I think I have to write a book. And he said, no, <laughs> no, you're not writing a damn book. You're not doing anything else. And I said, no, I, I kind of have to write a book. And he's like, I'm not listening to anything that you say. And I'm like, but listen, but this is what I have to do. And, uh, you know, and it always starts with, well, I kind of have to do this. And then, and there's a lot of no and yelling. And then it's, all right, all right. Well, <laughs> what are you going to do now? Because he knows that it's already, I've already started writing this in my head. And right. so he's like, all right, well, what, what do I have to do in relation to this, you writing a book thing? And I'm like, oh, okay. And so we sort of, you know, we, we start talking about it. And I was like, what, what do you think? And he's like, I don't know, that actually sounds like a good idea. And I'm like, oh, good, all right. So we start plotting it and planning it, and I started writing the book in September, and I finished it up and got it launched and actually published in November. Oh, my gosh. And so it was a, it was one of those lightning things that I, I had to do it, I had to get it done, I had to go, and I decided to be really, really brave and self-publish because – I, I shopped a few publishers and I thought, I can't, nobody else can own this. 
It has to be mine. Um, and I, I passed up publicists and I passed over all of those things because it was super important to me that this was mine and my community and we had to have this together. And so I once again said, it's not, it's, it's not money. It's not about these things. It's about us doing this together and, and sort of having a movement a scoop the poop movement where we can get this message out to as many women as we can. And so um, it's been really great and it's got amazing reviews and people have been buying it and it's, and it's been amazing. And so then I pushed it a little bit further and I said to my husband the other day, I said, when we sell it the next time, I want to sell it, buy one, give one. And he said, no, it's going to, it that all of your profit. And I said, okay, so I want to sell it, buy one, give one. (laughs) Why are you doing this to me? Listen, here's the thing. If we, if we pay it forward and if we, if we sell this book to somebody and they're able to give it, the message will go twice as far. And so we did that last month and we sold out. I said, okay, we're going to do buy one, give one, but we're going to only sell it for the next 30 minutes. And we sold an unbelievable amount of copies because the message was going to get go twice as far. And it was amazing. It made me so happy that he let me do that. And I don't know how many times he's going to let me do that, but I'm going to ask as often as I can. Because to me, if, if, we can, if we can get this book into the hands of somebody who is sitting in the closet crying, because yeah. we've all been there, and we can get this book to them and they can know that they are not alone, I feel I'm... I'm I feel so good about that, that I can maybe get a couple of hours of sleep at night. And then I want to get up and I want to do it again. And I want to give it to another mom or another woman or another wife who has that exact feeling because I hated that feeling. I hated more than anything thinking that I was the only one who felt that way in my marriage or with my kids or at my job or when I was in the closet crying and drinking wine and eating ice cream at the same time. And I need, and nobody, I didn't get that message from anyone. And I felt like I, there was something wrong with me. And I, and when I realized I wasn't alone, it was like the weight of the world was, was lifted off of my shoulders and I was able to do so many other things. And so if there are women out there, and I know there are millions who are struggling with these same thoughts, I have be able to get that message out there because they're not alone. They're not crazy. They're exactly like me and you and all of these other women that are out there doing things. There's nothing wrong with chasing a dream at 34 years old, 35, 36, 47, 88. Nothing wrong with that. No, and so I, want to, I want to push that. And so it's important to me. I'm so happy you just said it because that is literally the message of more fun. Wait, we have another caller. Hold on one second. Hello and welcome to more fun moments. Oh, I lost the caller. Now, selfishly, it makes I, I get to talk to you more. <laughs> so, so, caller, please call back in. But I selfishly love speaking to Meredith about all of this. And and what you're saying, Meredith, is literally exactly why I started more fun. And I'm just so appreciative of everything you're saying right now, the good and the bad. It that's how you get through it. The, the good times, the failures. That's the only way we're all going to get through this if we're all honest about it, upfront about it. And supportive about it. And so that's what I love about what you do. Of your videos um, and your stories in the book and everything that you do, do you have any favorites or any that really stand out? Oh, yes. Of course, we always have favorites. Um, obviously, the man cold, I thought, was the, the man cold was funny for me simply because for years we had had this in my household we'd had this conversation my husband and I about him being a big baby man child but so many (laughs) can I just say I love when you say big baby man child (laughs) it makes me laugh every time well everybody just wrote in about that one and commented and there were so many people and I just I died laughing because I was like I knew it wasn't just me and you weren't you're not the only one out there. So I was like, take comfort in knowing that other men are exactly like you. But that one is a, is a favorite. Um, Inside the Bowl was a favorite of mine because that one was one of those lightning ones where I literally was just so sick and tired of walking through urine on the bathroom floor. And I literally took my MacBook into the bathroom. I didn't even shoot that with my camera. I shot that with the MacBook. And it was literally, I, I maybe filmed three minutes. 
of that rant and then I cut it and edited it to like you know a minute and a half or whatever and that one just exploded and went crazy and I loved that one and then in my book I'd probably have to say that the favorite excerpt in my book was um a letter that I wrote to my son um who's autistic and um that to me was a very personal one that that I that I shared and it was a letter I wrote to him um the day he got diagnosed with autism and it's about my, the struggle that I had about fixing him, but he's not broken. And it took me a while to realize, because for years, for years, you know, we, he had a, a, his other special needs and things like that. But it was sort of odd that it took me until his, you know, through this journey of being diagnosed with various things, it took me until that day to realize you know, he's perfectly imperfect. He's not broken. I don't have to fix him. And so I just had to realize and come to terms with, you know, that everybody is built differently. And it isn't my job to fix him. It's my job to love him. And so and teach him. And so I wrote that. And that is one that when people write to me, and they tell me that that moment in the book, they broke down and cried because they're struggling with a child who's autistic or who's special needs. Um, a woman just emailed me that her and her husband were reading the book together, which I love hearing. And they cried and they held each other at that moment. It just, it brought me to tears. Once again, the Grinch heart was growing and I was overwhelmed because that's such a personal moment for me. And I, I love to know that those words helped comfort another family who's who's going through a diagnosis or, or something like that. I think what you just said, even the term itself, perfectly imperfect, is sort of sums up everything that you do. You cover everything, that all these, these mistakes and be it illness, be it tragedy, be it something inopportune, as you said, you know, with okay. your illness recently. That's exactly the way we should be looking at it. And that's your view brings us all together as opposed to everyone trying to cover up and everything's great, everything's perfect. You know, nothing is wrong in our lives as opposed to that, which makes it very hard. It's so much harder to pretend and it's so much harder to keep that, that surface, you know, face going all the time. And I think that's what we're all so grateful to you for is bringing life to the forefront where it's perfectly imperfect. And I, I'm so grateful to you for that. Well, thank you. That's, I mean, that really, you're, you're right. I guess that really is what it's about because I, I, I was so sick and tired of the, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, I'm not fine. Like you, okay. That's great if you're fine. And I'm happy for you if, if you're fine and where you are, but I, I wasn't. And I needed to figure out what that meant. And as a, as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, it's, we have so many pressures put on us. And it's important that we figure out if we're not fine, why, and what we do to fix it. Because, of course, as the old saying goes, if mom is not happy, nobody's happy. And it, and it really was a very, it was a massive struggle and a big strain on my marriage. And it needed to be, it, you know, my husband was had no idea why I wasn't happy. Right. It was so stressful to him, and he wanted to fix it. And, of course, he couldn't fix me. And it took forever for him to understand this has nothing to do with you. This is about me and what I need to figure out and, and the journey that I'm on. And I'm so glad you're with me, but you can't fix me. And it's the same thing as we said about my son. I wasn't broken. I just needed to figure out what I needed to do. And I have never, <clears throat> I have never been so confident or known that I was doing the right thing um, in my life as I am with my blog and my community. Like, this is my duck-to-water situation. And I want to be able to use that to help all of the women and the moms and the wives out there, the parents out there, who need to know that they are also a duck in water with something. We just need to figure out what that is. And, and and it's so important that we laugh along the way because good Lord, I don't want to spend my days crying. Right. I mean, you know, like, yeah, I, 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 I pretty much crapped myself as I ran into my house. I was crapping my pants as I was running to the bathroom the other day. And that was like a lot. I mean, that was a few days in a row that that was happening. I was pretty, I was pretty sick for over a month and it got so bad at the beginning, at the middle of last week, I ended up in the hospital, but 
I would much rather post and laugh about that than sit and think about how I have to wash poopy underpants, right. you know, like just, you know, let's find a way to lighten the mood here. Cause it sucks. Like this was a really crappy situation. So I better find a way to turn it around and, and, and talk about it. And I was amazed at the stories people told me and the struggles that they have. And yeah, I'm in the middle of going to a specialist and getting extra tests and figuring out if this is a long-term or a short-term problem, but I'm not going to sit and think about the what ifs of, of if this is my life for the next you know, 60 years, I'm crapping my pants or, you know, can I just deal with the moment right now and figure out what to do and how to move forward? And that's what I'm going to choose to do because I, you know, the alternative is not pleasant. So I'm going to just be really happy and, and, and move forward and, and it's okay to have bad days and, you know, that's, that's okay. Just be okay with where you are because the alternative is not pleasant and you don't want to go down that road. So take inventory and take stock. And, and you know, as I say over and over again, scoop that poop and move <laughs> forward because the, the I am not doing the alternative. And that's a therapeutic part of your message too. Again, it's, right. it's funny and it brings like, and if you can't laugh, I don't know what else you can do, but there's a very therapeutic part about it. When you think about it, because you're being so honest and so upfront about something that others may not discuss and pretend everything's fine. You know, maybe people out there are going to hear something and say, wow, I need to get this checked or I need to talk to a doctor or my, you know, who knows what this could bring by, by being so upfront and honest about things. I think you're uncovering things that maybe never would have been discovered by some. So it's funny, but it's also so helpful in so many ways, I think. Well, and that's, and, and I, and I wrote about that in the health poop chapter of the book, um, nobody listened to me when I told them I was sick. My doctor turned me away three times before he gave me the test I needed to find the tumor that was in my esophagus. And I told him, and I was sick. I waited for a long time. I waited probably eight months. I was sick before I finally said, my hair is falling out. I've lost 10 pounds. I can't eat. I can't drink anymore. I need somebody to find out why I'm having such a bad heartburn. And they t literally, he turned me away. The third time I said, I don't care how much the test costs. Do the Oh, you know, and you have to be an advocate. Oh, wait, Meredith, we have one more caller. Hold on one second. Hello. Welcome to more fun moments. Can you hear me, caller? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is this Carolyn? Do um, do you have a question for Meredith? Um, not so much a question, maybe just something to say. Sure. Uh, Karen, can okay, sure. Go ahead. Oh, are we losing oh. you? No, I'm sorry. Do what? Oh, that's okay. I'm sorry. Did you want to say something to Meredith? Yes, please. Oh, sure. Go ahead. I just want to tell her thank you for the book and the blog. Um, it's outside of my comfort zone to verbally express it, but I know there's a lot of people that probably would like to, and that it's just amazing, and it brightens up my day, and I just wish her well and great success. I think things are going to, you know, just keep continuing to grow and grow. I think that thank is an you amazing... So much. And I, I am, this is why I, this is exactly why, I mean, you're, you're literally, I'm getting the goosebumps over here. You're, this is why I do this because I want to connect with you guys and I want, you know, I love streaming with you guys and talking with you guys because we're, like I said earlier, we live such similar lives and I love nothing more than hearing that you, you know, stumbled onto the blog or saw something funny and there was a connection. It makes my day when you guys message me and tell me that there was a connection because it makes, it makes all of the stresses of it worth it because it means that we, we, we have connected on that level and that's why I do this. So thank you so much for the support. Thank you, and, you know, I bought the book, I read it, it was amazing. Oh, and thank you! You know, when you think you have one area of your life, okay, the other is suffering, and it is hard to get through it, and just, just realize you can only scoop one pile of poop at a time, you can't, you know, you don't have to figure a lot of poop. Yeah, that's it, you can't, you're, you don't want your poop scooper to overflow, you know, it
One baby steps, one one yeah. scoop poop at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling in. Um, and, and I'm so sad to say our time is up. Mary, oh. this has been such an amazing hour. I can't thank you enough for joining me tonight. And I've got to tell everybody out there, I reached out to Meredith out of the, <laughs> completely out of the blue. I loved what she did. I loved everything she stood for. I love her message. I love to laugh every single day. And she was so kind and generous and humble and got back to me right away. And now we're here. So Meredith, I am so grateful for what you do, for what you share, for your honesty, and for coming on tonight and sharing that with everybody as well. And for those listening, and I'm sure most people already know, but for those new to That's Inappropriate, can you tell everybody out there how to get in touch with you, how to, how to um, connect with you, to, to, to see the videos, and to get the book? Uh, well, you can follow the blog at www.thatsinappropriate.com, and you can find me on Facebook just by typing in That's Inappropriate. I'm also on Twitter at That's Inappropriate. And you can find the book right now on Amazon. All you have to do is search Scoop the Poop, and that will come up. And then I will be selling more autographed copies off of the blog. And we do those live feeds um, on the Facebook page Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern, Wednesday 9 p.m. Eastern, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern. And I thank you so much for reaching out to me. I absolutely love doing these shows like this because it just gives me another way to connect with everybody out there Um like I said, community is the absolute center of why I do this because it's so important that we all, that we reach out and we find everybody who, who is feeling alone and feeling like they're just, um, what did somebody say to me today? This, the square peg in the round hole. I mean, we, you, it, it's so hard to make these connections these days with how society is. And I think it's so important that we all have a place to come to and laugh and feel normal. And I'm so glad that you did reach out to me because I'm super appreciative that you gave me the opportunity to come on and talk with you. Well, it was an honor. It really was. And oh. I can't wait to go back and watch more. And for those of you who are tuned in late and want to hear more, um, Meredith's, uh, our interview will be up on my iTunes podcast. It's called Morph Mom Moments. If you go to morphmom.com, M-O-R-P-H-M-O-M.com, the link will be there if I get my act together, <laughs> because as we know, I might have to scoop some poop <laughs> and I may not get everything done, but my goal is to get the um, podcast up tonight. So by tomorrow morning, if you go to morefum.com, you'll be able to click on and hear the podcast. Again, thank you everyone for listening tonight. Thank you, Meredith. It was an absolute honor. That's inappropriate. She says it so we don't have to, and we are so grateful for that. Um, and listeners, tune in. We're going to take a couple minutes break, and we're going to be coming back with Ann Shockett, and we cannot wait for another amazing hour of radio. This is Morph Mom Moments, and we'll talk to you soon. Good night, everyone. Well, not really. Come back in three minutes. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, everyone. You served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. Hi, I'm Janice Ian. Do you remember how excited you were at the start of summer every year and how the summer just started to drag on after a few months and you couldn't wait to get back to school, see your old friends, make new friends, get new books and a new locker and a clean slate? Well, you should have been excited about music class, too, because that was a special room where you went to sing, perform with your friends, and learn all kinds of interesting stuff about great composers, instruments, different kinds of music and songs. We remember our music teachers because they were so passionate about helping us learn to love music. They helped to spark a love for listening to notes and voices and rhythms that continues to enrich our lives even today. I bet your kids feel the same way about music class. Ask them. And make sure they get involved with music in school and in their lives. A PSA brought to you by MENC, the National Association for Music Education, and the National Anthem Project, the campaign to restore America's voice through music education. Music, part of a sound education.
Voted number one jazz cabaret club by New York Magazine, the Metropolitan Room is one of the most critically acclaimed venues in New York City and is known as the home for big-name talents and rising stars. Known as a celebrity hangout, the Metropolitan Room is a high-end cabaret and jazz club and brings the best in live music to New York City every night of the week. Fabulous award-winning Broadway, TV, film, and radio performers take the stage in an intimate 115-seat elegant venue. Aside from the great highly professional artistic shows and audience, Metropolitan Room provides an exceptional appetizer and dessert menu as well as exotic and specialty drinks prepared by top New York City bartenders. The Metropolitan Room is located at 34 